I have 21 simple activities to help your kids develop resilience in the comfort of your own home. Welcome to Epic Mom Life. I am your host, Kara Peterson. This show is sponsored by The Possum's Tale, a unique book adventure for your 6 to 12 year old child. Let's jump into today's show. As parents, we have so much to teach our children. Today I'm going to help you. I have 21 simple activities to help your kids develop resilience in the comfort of your own home. We're going to help your kids bounce back and grow stronger. Resilience, if you don't know, is the ability to bounce back from adversity or difficult situations. This is a vital skill because it will help your kiddos navigate through all of those life's challenges and setbacks because you know you're, that they're going to have those. I'm going to give you seven tips and then for each of those tips I have three easy activities that you can do to help your kiddos become more resilient. Tip number one, foster a more supportive and nurturing environment. You are giving your children a strong foundation when you raise them in a nurturing environment. Emotional resilience is fostered by feelings of love, value, and support. This enables your children to better manage stress, regulate their emotions, and build positive relationships with others. Activity number one, family bonding. Set aside a walking night or regular time for activities like family walks, game night, bike rides, or shared meals. Activity two, create a safe space. We have a cuddle chair. I've talked about our cuddle chair. In that cuddle chair, you can go and you can cuddle up with me or someone else, but usually I'm the cuddler. I like cuddling. Read a book, grab some alone time. The safe space is designed in a place in your home where your child can go if they just need some quiet time, alone time, or to calm down, or if they want to talk to you about something that's difficult, you can use it for that too, and they know that they won't receive judgment or criticism. Activity number three, emotional check-ins. This is great to teach and to show interest in others and to communicate your own feelings. We had a daily, what happened today and how do you feel about it? You can discuss feelings, experiences, or challenges for the week or the day, however you're able to manage this. Encourage confidentiality within the family and encourage interest among siblings. Tip two, teach problem solving skills. Children need to know how to solve problems as they are faced with them. As this means we cannot teach a one-size-fits-all approach. We need to teach children instead how to equip themselves with learning how to analyze the situation, break it down into manageable parts, and explore different solutions. This empowers your children to take control over their own circumstances. Activity number one, role play. Okay, I didn't love role play. It just was not my thing. But it is useful if your family likes it. The way I would do, modify it and change it is I would just do a, what would you do if? So you can ask questions about their situation 
and how it impacts them, their family, their community, the world, those kind of things. Then how would various solutions affect the same groups? So what would you do about homelessness? And then when they come up with a solution, you could say, okay, so how would that affect these groups of people? That's just a huge example. Activity two, puzzle solving. Oh yeah, I know. I've shown pictures of my puzzles on my Facebook page. I'm a huge puzzler. I love puzzle solving. You would not think there's an actual strategy, but if you watch, people do puzzles differently. Puzzles require children to think critically and find solutions to challenges. Puzzle solving provides an opportunity for children to practice patience and develop the ability to handle frustration in a constructive manner. Yes, you can do all types of puzzles, but if you get an old-fashioned puzzle, you will also be teaching your child fabulous problem-solving skills and they need to wait kind of skills because the solution won't happen for a while. I love puzzles so much and I am so convinced that there is so much benefit to puzzles that I'm actually doing a blog, it's the last blog of December, all about the power of puzzles. And it's a really good one, I've actually already written it, so you better be tuned in for that one because I'm sure you'll be amazed. Activity three, brainstorming ideas. Brainstorming is an art form. This is not a natural talent. Do you remember in the days where they used to say no idea is a bad idea when talking about brainstorming? Encourage your children to come up with as many solutions for a given issue or problem as they can. This is an activity where judgment is withheld and you are promoting critical thinking and creativity. Seriously, depending on the age of your children and the depth that your child is included on the world's issues, and I'm going to have an actual link to the depression article because that can be linked, how much kids know about what's going on in the world and how depressed they are. Try some of these topics, bullying, the environment, under the environment there's lots of topics like animal welfare, health, healthy eating, privacy, online human connections, service animals, and accessibility, hunger, homelessness. There's all kinds of different topics you can use. Tip three, encourage optimism and gratitude. There are a bunch of quotes like, what you put into life, you get out of it. Research also abounds on the happiness and joy factor of people who purposefully look for the good and think of reasons to be grateful. Help your child cultivate gratitude by reflecting on what they are thankful for. Optimism and gratefulness can build resilience in the face of adversity. Activity number one, a gratitude journal. I wasn't sure if this was the activity I wanted to include for this section, but it is a really good way to be aware of what you are grateful for. The reason I was kind of like, I'm not sure if this is the activity I wanted to include, is because one, a journal is really hard to keep up with no matter how important or how great it is. And so it's also really hard if you have younger children. So this is what I came up with. Help your child maintain it by just writing down three things, not sentences, not paragraphs, whatever, 
just three things, objects, that they are grateful for each day. Also, if your children are younger, you can make this fun and more kid-friendly by having your kiddos draw. So their journal can be their little art book of three things that they're grateful for each day. So it can be like their sketch pad. That actually also teaches them symbolism and you don't even have to go into a lesson about it. And I love lessons that serve multiple purposes. So when you can slide a lesson in without it ever being a true lesson, that's a win. Activity two, kindness chain. Encourage your child to perform acts of kindness, such as helping a classmate or volunteering for a community service project or helping a sibling with one of their chores. Your child then can, remember the old paper links chains that we used to do in in school when I was little like let's say for Christmas and I think of that because it's coming up you'd have construction paper and you'd cut them into like little links like like little strips this big and then you'd staple the end for the first one to get it started so it's a loop and then you do so that one's red and then you do a green strip and you you'd put it through like this right because this one's solid and then you'd staple this end and now you have a link like like this right so now this would be a kindness act and this would be a kindness act and your child can create a kindness act in a link in their chain for every act they complete and they can put this all around their room and they can actually write on that paper the act just like with one word and the date in which they completed it and when they display this all around the banister or the house or in their room it has a physical manifestation of the good that they have done. And this is a really great thing for them to see. And it makes them so proud. And they want their chain to be really long. Activity three, positive affirmations. Positive self-talk is very important. The voice we hear most often is the voice in our heads and we tend to be very critical. So we want to hear, instead of that we're not measuring up, we want to practice positive self-talk by repeating affirmations like, I can handle challenges or I am resilient. Well, that's like a big word for little kids. I created 36 amazingly simple and easy and not cheesy. And I say not cheesy because some of these affirmations, I gotta tell you, they make me cringe saying them. So I did really simple affirmations and they're not cheesy or I don't know, on another planet kind of affirmations. They're like solid, your feet are grounded here today. They all are on heart cutouts. So as you as a mom, you'll cut out the heart and the affirmation is there. And then the kiddo can put it on their mirror or they can put it where in their lunch box, they can see it wherever you want it to be. And it's meant to be for just that day because it says, today I, and then it's an affirmation like, today I am a good friend. Today I am the best me I can be. Today I, so they're all very action oriented and they're meant to be a today plan. So as your kiddo, no matter how young they are, goes throughout the day, they can be very focused on what today is. This is what I'm working on today. Because if it's too flowery, it kind of has no meaning. And if it's too much words, it's too hard to do, right? So we're just going for short, sweet, and it means a lot. You can get those in the links. Tip four, encourage your child to take risks. Activity number one, adventure challenges. 
plan activities that have an element of risk taking in them. For each child, this will be different. For some kids, a risk may be rock climbing. For another, it may be speaking in front of people. You don't know. For other kiddos, it may be learning to ride a bike that hold that risk. But you're looking for areas that kind of help your kiddos go outside of their box because chances are they're going to stumble a little bit. And then they're going to learn that they can get back on the bike and that they'll learn how to ride the bike or that they can continue talking and it will be okay. The point is they're going to learn that you'll stumble, but you'll keep going and it will be okay. Activity two, debating or public speaking. Did you know that there's research that estimates 77% of the American population have anxiety over public speaking. I'm not one of those people. Help your child step out of their box. Encourage them to participate in debates or public speaking competitions. I actually enrolled my youngest son in Toastmasters. Usually people think Toastmasters is for adults. Check your area. They may have a Toastmasters program for kiddos. They had one for my son when he was in high school. And he did it at the library and there was only a small group of kids, but it was really beneficial for them. Public speaking helps them develop confidence, assertiveness, and the ability to handle pressure. Activity three, entrepreneurial ventures. I am always amazed, my husband was one of these people, by people who say things like, oh, I started my first business when I was 11. Yeah, personally, I was the babysitter extraordinaire. I loved kids, I loved babysitting, but I was not an entrepreneurial spirit. In Unplugged and Unhappy, 100 Hobbies That Your Kids Will Love More Than Screens, I talk about, like I have different sections, and I talk about family hobbies. For example, raising chickens and selling eggs, raising goats and making soap, and then selling the soap, raising bees and creating candles. So you guessed it, a lot of the things that you were doing together, you made products and you could sell them. Teaching your children to work and then learn how to create a product that you can then put in a marketplace, this is an incredibly valuable skill. These ventures will also provide opportunities for creativity, problem solving, and probably learning from failures. Tip five, encourage a growth mindset. People say that all the time. They're not quite sure how that happens or what that means. Well, growth mindset is the belief that challenges and setbacks can be overcome with problem solving, strategy, and effort. By teaching your children to approach problems with a positive mindset, they see obstacles as opportunities for growth, not as a permanent setback. Activity number one, stories. Share the stories of individuals who faced challenges but overcame them through perseverance and effort. Many times, children can learn these stories, learn about these setbacks, learn about overcoming them, from your own relatives and that makes them all the more real. We have in our family, one of our grandfathers, he came over through Ellis Island when he was five years old. He was German and he spoke no English. He had to go into schools and he had to just figure it out. There was no ESL program, there, there wasn't anything like that. He figured it out. He became an engineer and then he became an orthodontist and he raised his boys, my father and uncle, and he made his life and he made it work and he was successful. 
it's so funny because he often said to me in his very stern German way, Kara, education is what you put into it. If you get a bad education, it is because you did not work hard and weren't self-motivated. You don't have a bad teacher. You have the not the willingness to learn because you always know what you're learning so you can go and you can learn on your own. He was a huge example of growth mindset. If you have no family examples, there are a ton of books that you and stories that you can read together. Activity number two, goal setting. I don't know that we have our children truly set their own goals. And if they do, we don't necessarily do this often enough, I think. They're kids. The goals will change and that is okay. But if we do have them set goals, this is teaching them another crucial life skill. Well, flexibility because their goals change. Encourage your child to look at what they truly want and set realistic goals for how they will get it. Teach them how to find opportunities towards how they will get these goals. It can also be very beneficial for your child to learn how to work backwards from a goal. For example, they want to buy a car. Instead of starting with where they are now, start with the car, how to find the car, paying for the car, insurance, credit rating, driver's license, etc. Are you not sure how to teach your child goal setting? Check out my blog this on this very topic in January. Activity three, encourage effort. Outcomes are fickle. We cannot always control the outcome, which is why you are going to teach your child to have the positive growth mindset. We can control our input. Praise your child on their effort and their attitude and hard work, not the results. Now, what I don't want, because this is my generation that did this, is to do the whole everybody gets a ribbon, everybody's awesome, that kind of thing. But I do think it's really important to acknowledge, did you put 100% in it? If you put 100% in it and it didn't work out, then you gave it your all and that's a success because... You couldn't have done more. So maybe we need to look at what you're trying to accomplish and maybe we need to rework that. So I think we just need to re restructure what we're looking at and how we're looking at it. Tip number six, model resilience. It always comes down to the modeling. Children are going to model what they see. Children learn resilience by observing and interacting with positive role models. This helps children develop problem-solving skills, optimism, and a belief in their own abilities to overcome difficulties. Activity number one, share your experiences. It seems as smaller children, kids love to hear stories about themselves. However, as teens, they love to hear stories about how we messed up. Use this opportunity to show how you experienced a challenge and, more importantly, how you came back from it or how you coped. This shows your child that you had to learn as you aged and how you got better. So challenges are faced, mess-ups happen, and you come out on the other side. Activity number two. Stay positive during those setbacks. Okay, you really want to just scream WTF? 
But then you remember, ah, this is the behavior that your child will be modeling. While screaming may feel really great momentarily, it doesn't really do anything to solve the issue. So when you encounter setbacks, demonstrate positivity, creativity, and problem-solving skills that represent your resilience. Show your children your normal response to life setbacks. If you don't have a normal, establish one. Figure out what that's going to be and figure out what you want your child's normal to be because whatever you want your child's normal to be, you're going to have to adopt that as your normal. Activity number three, problem solving together. Ask your child what they think. Most children love to share their ideas. Involve your children in solving everyday problems. Demonstrate how you approach challenges and let them see your problem solving strategy. Collaborative games are fabulous for this. Walk through your thought process. Allow them to walk you through theirs. Discuss. Are you not sure what a collaborative game is? I have a link to that article that also shows the recommendations for the collaborative games we have loved in this family. And finally, tip number seven, foster emotional intelligence. Yes, this is like my favorite topic. Social emotional learning or emotional intelligence. I love these topics. Yes, mom, you should absolutely be teaching these at home. SEL skills, the skills you work on in social emotional learning are the basis for building resilience. Emotional awareness and regulation, building positive relationships, problem solving skills, mindfulness and self-reflection, self-care and stress management. Those are amazing skills. Those are all social emotional learning skills. This topic is so important that I did an entire article, 30 plus emotional learning activities for elementary age children and I geared them by eight grade level. So I'll have that link as well. So here are three of my favorite activities. Activity number one, mood meter. Okay, this is the very basic activity. This is where everybody can start with foundational or with social emotional learning. Many people, I said people, not children. So also adults don't have a clue what they're feeling. They just react. A great example of this is fear. So the person is feeling fear, but they don't reflect on their feelings. So they don't interpret it as fear. They interpret it as anger. This anger then spews onto others. Instead of others empathizing and understanding with this person because of their fear, People retaliate because it's being shown as anger with more anger. Well, now we have a whole boatload of anger. So you're gonna create a mood meter. Have different colors like a thermometer to indicate various emotions our children can identify and label their emotions on that meter each day. I recommend using this tool before school and after school. You may learn a lot about your child that your child is not outwardly sharing that is happening each day at school. Because if they pop up all bright and happy to go to school in the morning and then they, and their little mood meter is like bright and sunny and yellow or whatever, and then they come home and it's like dark gray and cloudy and really icky, you know that life is not that great at school. 
So this promotes emotional literacy. Activity number two, friendship bracelets. So this is just a fun one. Kids who like crafts might like to do friendship bracelets, but you're gonna turn this into a lesson through your conversation. It's not just friendship bracelets. As you're making the friendship bracelets, one, you can be discussing the colors. Are they choosing a certain color because colors make them feel a certain way? That feeling is part of that social emotional learning. Also, what is a good friend? Like you can talk to them. What do you look for in a friend? What do you like to be when you're a good friend? How do you show up as a good friend? So you can be talking about being a good friend and what you want in a friend. Activity number three, emotions detective. I like the emotions detective because it has huge ramifications in this world of so many children showing up on the spectrum. Watch TV shows or movies and discuss the emotions and motivations of the characters. What are the body language? What is the body language that they're seeing? What are the hints that your child is picking up on to determine the character's emotions? Reading social cues can be difficult to learn for anybody, and this activity can help teach your child this skill. Resilience provides children with the necessary tools to thrive in the face of adversity, develop healthy coping mechanisms, and achieve their full potential. It helps build their capacity to handle life's challenges, grow from experiences, and maintain well-being in an ever-changing world. By following these seven tips and 21 fabulous related activities, parents can help their children build resilience and equip them with the tools they need to face life's challenges head on and come out stronger on the other side. Kids quote for this week, after a while, you'll learn to ignore the names people call you and just trust who you are, Shrek. If you are hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, I want to send you a huge thank you. Please leave me a comment or review and share with other moms you know. Get in touch in the comments or on Kara's social media networks. See you next week for a new episode.